Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be worthy in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. We will walk with God together. I love that. And we see it over and over again in the Gospels. That the gospel message is one of peace. We've already talked a lot about transformation and healing. And today we are talking about peace. Think about what Jesus is saying to those he is sending forth. That the peace message will be met with resistance. How ironic is that? That the message of peace will awaken hostility. I don't get that. The apostles will be sheep met by wolves. Let's also talk about what it means to harvest. That doesn't mean that we just go out and we look for all the really good crops and we just pick them and we don't worry about the other ones. Not worrying only about the ones that believe as we do. When we harvest crops, for instance, don't we harvest crops that, that are mature? The crops that we have grown to maturity. They haven't done it all by themselves. There was stewardship and caretaking involved. So what that means for us is that we are not to go through the fields with judgment, not thinking about us versus them, but to help prepare the best way that we know how for a mature harvest, to tend the crops so that all may prosper. Simply what this metaphor is telling us is that we are to prepare people for the arrival of Jesus, making space for God. Now, a lot of times we think about the arrival of Jesus is end times kind of thing. Like, Jesus is going to come at the end. And, and there's scripture talking about all of that. But Jesus is also here with us now. So we make space for God. And that's kind of what we do as part of a congregation, as part of a, par as a parish. We make space for others to encounter God, to know Jesus we don't do the converting. The Spirit does the converting. We don't force belief. We preach and we teach. And we hope that people hear the gospel message. And we dust off our shoes if we are rejected. And we just keep going. We keep going. And that's what we do. And that's what hospitality is, too. The message of hospitality is to make the space so that God can prepare people for Jesus to come into their lives. So that all can mature in the knowledge and love of God. So that peace will prevail. So that peace will be welcomed and not met with hostility. The Pentecost season is the season that we are in right now, and it's really about the growth of the church. Pentecost Sunday being the birth of the church, and now we are in that growth 
phase. And this passage today is about mission, the mission of the church. And when we look at the world today, when we watch the news and drive our streets, we see a lot that needs work. The spiritual infrastructure of our communities seem like it is in disrepair. There's not peace. There's a lot of talk of conflict and violence and division and desperation all around the world. And here in our own country, we face many challenges where the kingdom of God does not seem very near. Jesus tells us that the harvest is plentiful, that all around us there is ripeness and maturity and the opportunity for growth, that there are many who can be receptive to the good news, but maybe they just don't know about it yet. Jesus sees the abundance of the harvest. Jesus doesn't focus on the scarcity of the harvest or just the rotten fruit. If we focus on scarcity, we conserve and tighten our grip on things, and we succumb to the power of the world and what the world tells us is important. But when we focus on abundance, we open ourselves up to a possibility. We gather in the harvest by making space, and that means growth. We prepare for the arrival of Jesus Make the space, and God will do the growing. Now, if we put a time-lapse camera at the top of the church building here, say, pointing out towards the uh, parking lot and towards the front of the church, and someone on our stewardship commission had this idea that we should put this time-lapse camera up there for a week, and so we could see how much activity is happening here on a daily basis— I mean, sometimes I come here in the morning and I have to drive around looking for a place to park. There's a lot going on here during the week with uh, different groups that are here in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the different rooms. Uh, there's, of course, the preschool and then there's all the kids being dropped off and the parents and things happening back and forth with the preschool. There's AA meetings and Al-Anon meetings and other meetings of other kinds with other groups. And you would just be astounded. Do they all come to church on Sunday? Oh, how I wish they would. (laughs) No, but some do. Some might in the future. We don't know. But what we are doing is we're providing the space for holy encounters that we don't have any control over. And some of us in the office hear the amazing life transformations that have happened with members of some of the groups who come here weekly. We make the space, God will do the growing. With our hospitality and our outreach, we say to others with our actions, not just words, that the kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of God has come near. That means that the breaking in of God's kingdom, God with us, Jesus, means that the kingdom of God is here with us Now, and the kingdom of God is to come. So it's both at the same time. It's an already here and not yet here. 
sometimes hard to understand. But I like to think of the kingdom of God as like this thin membrane right in front of my face. Sometimes I can't see it. Sometimes I can. And every time that we do something, every time that we preach about the kingdom of God or we are a part of some sort of reconciliation or we're a part of some sort of transformation or, or we do something, every act of hospitality, every proclamation in word and deed that brings about peace or understanding of the gospel in the name of Jesus pierces that membrane more and more, and every time that happens, the kingdom of evil is challenged. Now, if the kingdom of God proclaims peace, then it only stands to reason that the kingdom of evil does not. The kingdom of evil thrives on chaos. Now, when we think of growing the church, because we are in this uh, Pentecost season of church growth, It isn't so that we can bring in more pledges, although that is a welcome response to membership. We think about mission. That's our focus. Which is Jesus' mission? Proclaiming the good news to the poor, to the outcast, to bring in the harvest before the fruit falls from the trees and spoils. We are to pray for more laborers since the harvest is great. And there's a lot of work to do. What is our mission here at St. Wilfrid's? Well, I believe that it is ever-evolving. And it should be ever-evolving. And part of what we are thinking about now and part of what we will work on in, 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 in late, late summer and into the fall and probably into the new year is really to discern on this who we are, what we are all about as a parish, in this part of the world, in this part of the country, in this particular part of the city of Huntington Beach. Discerning the question, what does the harvest look like for us? Well, Paul tells us in the letter to the Galatians today, so then whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those in the family of faith. For the good of all, not just for the family of faith. Working for the good of all so that the new creation, the kingdom of God, will emerge. Paul is telling the Galatian church that they need not worry about certain behaviors or certain laws that once existed in order to be welcome in God's kingdom. And that's that's what all this talk of circumcision is all about. Because that was a sign of membership. But if the reach of Christ is to expand, then this can no longer be a defining feature, right? It doesn't matter. What matters is the new creation, to put our trust in the new creation, to make way for the Spirit to breathe. Sometimes we can get insular and we worry about the things that really aren't all that important, We do that in our own families, in our own family systems, our work environments, and boy, do we do it here at the church. We have a way that we want things done, and I get that, based on how they have been done before. And parishes are famous for saying, well, that's always the way we've done it, so. And I get that. If it works, it works. But sometimes, if we want to let the Spirit breathe Sometimes we've got to think about what works and what maybe needs a little tweaking 
And so we look at that as well, because sometimes rigid interpretations of the law or procedures, like Paul is talking about, need to be replaced by a faith in who Jesus says is the Lord of the harvest. Now, Paul, in his letters to the churches, he writes about how to live in a Christian community. He's giving them advice, and each church is different. Each community has their own particular issue or set of issues. So these are pastoral letters meant to get the communities committed to following Christ, to follow Christ and to not get burdened by what may not matter. Paul says throughout in his letter to the Galatians that membership in the community of Christ is marked by compassion, bearing one's burdens, gentleness, and by not getting caught up in worldly interpretations of who we think we are supposed to be, but to imagine who we are meant to be. Can you think of a time when as part of a family system, maybe there was squabbling over something or someone wasn't doing something the way you thought it should be done or acting in a way you wanted them to act, and then suddenly that person fell ill or suddenly that person was in crisis and quickly you just forgot about all that other stuff and you, and you, and, and you kicked in and you, and you helped them and you helped them deal with their crisis and the squabbling. You forgot about all of the, the, the transgressions that, you, that this person had done. But you responded to the crisis. And in that response, your Christ self was alighted. The kingdom of God had come near in that moment of action, in that moment of response to crisis. Not all that other stuff. So what is the kingdom of God to look like? What is this new creation meant to be like? I don't think we can know that for sure. And that's part of the exciting thing, actually. Because the minute we do, the minute we have certainty then this means that we put limits on God and all that is possible. Sometimes certainty, absolute certainty, destroys our faith. However, what we do know, we glean from Scripture today, there is peace, a peace which passes all understanding. There's also vulnerability. Notice how the disciples are going to be like lambs meeting up with wolves. There's also blessings. We are a blessing to others, and we are not a curse to others. When we say, peace be with you, that's a blessing to whomever you're saying that to. No matter who they are, you are blessing them in that moment. We also don't retaliate when we are rejected. We dust off our feet. If we only care about our own fleshly needs, we, we stifle the spirit. And Paul says we invite corruption. And we will fail to help the harvest mature. Paul advises, For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation is everything. As for those who will follow this rule, peace be upon them. Peace be upon them. 
Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Amen.